0: Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. So I'm so excited to preach this amazing message to you. And as I was meditating on this scripture, Philippians chapter 1, in fact, the whole book of Philippians, but specifically Philippians chapter 1, it's amazingly remarkable The the striking similarity of what was going on then and what what is happening right now in in quarantine and COVID-19. As we read this text, the author is Paul, and currently, right now, Paul is the apostle. Paul is in jail; he's in chains. And let me just share this with you, really quickly. My my background is I got a degree in biblical studies, so when I when I just study the text, I just I just marinate it and uh, marinate in it, and I excavate it because there's such richness in the text. And I just want to encourage you right now, wherever you're watching from, that it's it's important to stay in your word in this season of your life because. The 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 flowers will fade and the grass withers, but the, the, the word of God stands forever. We need to be nourished by his word. And I'll be honest with you, it's not good enough to just rely upon me cooking and making this meal for you. I want to teach you to cook your own meals and be sustained and satisfied in this season and every season of your life by the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and it's active, it's powerful, even a, a, a more sharper than any two edged sword. It cuts and divides the soul and the spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the attitudes and the thoughts. Of the heart, the Word of God is so powerful, and I just want to encourage you wherever you're watching from whether you've been a Christian one day or you've been a Christian since the dinosaurs you've been here I'm just kidding all right hashtag kidding all right, but if you know the word it's important to or you've been a christian it's been, it's important to stay in the Word of God, how fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit in this season of our life. That's how we grow. So as I've been marinating in Philippians chapter one and and excavating the text, I believe there's something powerful here for you and your life this morning. And the title of my message this morning is simply God is not Done. Oh, can you say that with me? Ready? Here we go. God is not done. I love my title this morning. And can I preach it like I feel it? Come on, someone. All right. Right. Come on, somebody in the chat right now. Ready? Come on, somebody. All right. Because I'm amped about what God wants to share and what He's doing in my heart and what He's doing in this church despite us not gathering as we gather online. I have a word for you this morning. And as I think about the Apostle Paul in chains, right now, it, He is in seemingly one of the most unfruitful seasons of his life but i would argue that paul being quarantined and confined and and in prison and in chains is probably the most arguably the most fruitful season of his whole life and i'll explain that later in the message and at the end of the message but i believe it perhaps is one of the most fruitful seasons of his li- his life but potentially seems a f- like a fruitless season. Why? Because the Apostle Paul is, uh, he's contained, he's confined, he's quarantined, he is in prison. And what is strikingly similar to what we're facing this uh, this time and day is that we are also quarantined, right? We are we are confined. We are in a season of limitations. We can't go to work. Some of us can go to work. Some of us aren't working. Some of us are teaching the kids and we're working at home and cooking food for the family and, and so forth right we are we are in a season that is different unlike any other but i promise you that i want to explain this to you this morning that god is not done with your life I love that the scripture says this, that he who began a good work will continue that work until the day of Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, church, God finishes what he started. started, And God is not like a man that he starts something that he does not finish or he quits halfway. Oh, I'm excited to preach this to you. God is not done with your life. God is not done. Wherever you stand and whatever your circumstances are this morning, God is not finished with you yet, and nor will he ever be finished with you until the day you go back home to Jesus Christ. Come on, someone, you out there. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, job or jobless, income or no income, hurting or healed, sick or well, God is not done with you in the name of Jesus. Jesus, and I just speak that over your life right now. God is a miracle worker. God is uh, uh, doing things right now in your life. Seemingly, it feels like it's a fruitless season. But God loves to work in and through his people. And that's what this context is about. So if the Apostle Paul is in jail. And, you, and we must understand through biblical studies, if you will, or studying the text that Paul the Apostle is no foreigner to prison. Paul has been in jail several times in uh, Caesarea Philippi. In Philippi, he's been in in jail. That's another place. In Jerusalem, he's been in jail. And now in Rome, he is in jail once again. But I, I wonder what's going through his mind as he's confined. Can I tell you, I wonder what's going in your mind, going through your mind as you're confined and you're going through quarantine and you might be losing your mind. But let me tell you, the Apostle Paul is a different kind of person because he doesn't allow the circumstances to change his outlook on people and on on what God is doing in his life. I love just in a few verses later, he says, I don't even know what's better to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that's far better. But he says, it's better that I stay in the body because it's necessary for you, Philippian church, that I continue to teach you and uh, reproduce fruit in you. Oh, come on somebody. So even though this season is a seemingly fruitless season, even though this season may may be you may be confined and you may be uh, just limited to many things right now it can be potentially one of the greatest seasons fruitful seasons of your life and as paul writes this letter to the philippian church it's quite uh, as i think about it is, as he, as paul kind of just ex- extrapolates the text here uh it's amazing to think about the philippian church do you remember church uh, it's actually recorded in acts chapter 16 about Paul's experience to this church he's writing now called the book, of Philippians in Acts chapter 16 we see his journeys his missionary journeys are recorded I believe three of them are recorded and in Acts chapter 16 do you remember he's preaching the gospel and he comes across a successful businesswoman named Lydia who's a dealer in purple why is that significant she's successful why is the color purple significant in ancient antiquity why because Roman Romans uh, saw the co- the color purple was a sign uh, of royalty, a sign of status. So she was, she was successful because she, she dyed the—actually, uh, the, the, the dye came from snails, which were hard to come by. But she was a successful person and got converted under Paul's ministry. She wasn't the only one who got convert, converted but do you remember one day Paul was preaching the gospel and uh, there was a woman with a python spirit in her who, could, who was a fortune teller and men were just using her to, to, to usurp, her, usurp her for money. And one day Paul just got tired of it and he said, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. And the spirit left her and the men got so angry with Paul for setting her free that they sent him to jail. And you remember one, midnight, one late night at midnight, Paul and Silas were in the jail. And they were tapping their feet. And they were singing, Hosanna. I know I'm not my wife, but that's what they were singing. All right? They're worshiping, all right? They're worshiping, praising God at the midnight hour. And all of a sudden, an earthquake happened. And it opened every single uh, jail, or every single uh, door of the jail cell. And remember, there was a prisoner there. And the prisoner was about to commit suicide. But paul they turned on the lights and Paul said, hey, don't do that everybody's here, don't do that, stop, right? And that, that day, that jailer, what happened is he, he fell to his feet and he said, Paul, what must I do to be saved? That man, that jailer got saved. This is all recorded in Acts chapter 16, the, the church of Philippi. And now Paul, years later, is riding back to that church. But he says it like this. He says, it is right for me to feel this way about you. He talks about how he misses them. He talks about how he wants to be with them. You remember, it's just like what we're going through right now. Church, I want to let you know that I miss you. Church, I want to let you know that I'm praying for you like Paul in a way I also feel I did, me and my wife through God obviously planted the calling church and I feel a little bit of Paul's heart here that he misses his church the church that he planted people got saved in he saw people starting to serve and and, and love Jesus and their families coming to church and their families trans, um, of hearts and minds and souls are transforming I miss you, church. But let me tell you right now, like the title of this message, God is not done with you. And let me tell you, just because we're in COVID-19 and we're in a season of confinement and limitation and shelter in place, let me tell you, God is not done building his church. Let me tell you, God builds his church by building people. And let me tell you, we cannot, write this down in your notes or in the comments, We cannot reduce God. We cannot reduce our worship and our salvation to one day of the week, domingo, Sunday. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't just work on a Sunday. And I too, like Paul, feel confident that God, even though we cannot meet, that God is still going to work in your lives because he doesn't just work on a Sunday. Oh, come on, somebody. God works on Mondays. God works on Tuesdays. God works on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. Let me tell you, I'm bilingual. i can say it in spanish if you didn't catch that okay god works on lunes martes miércoles jueves viernes sábado y domingo come on somebody can i get an amen all right god doesn't just work on sundays and let me tell you our christianity is completely wrong if all we do is reduce god to Sundays and I know we're eager to get back to Sunday worship and I'm just as eager as you but we cannot do that until the authorities say it's okay and most importantly until it's safe we have strategies and we have plans and so forth but let me tell you our, our worship to our God and our savior has to go beyond a Sunday your 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 growth in God and participation and what God is doing in your life has to go beyond a Sunday. We cannot wait for phase three for God to start working in our life. And you know the definition of what Paul is talking about? He's saying that God, he who began a good work, let's define what that good work is in the Bible. What the definition of that is, is Paul is talking about salvation. He's talking about our regeneration in Jesus Christ. He's talking about how God brought us from death to life and purchased us and saved us from the grave from the pits of hell and let me tell you that's why it's so important to know that god is not done with you yet because god is a miracle worker god is still working inside of your heart because watch this our salvation just doesn't go on on sundays our salvation doesn't continue when we just gather together physically, and we're gathered right now, still online, and thank God for that, and on Zoom and so forth. But God is still working through, uh, through these difficult times. He's not done with this, and let me tell you, God, God, what, he who began a good work is the definition of that is salvation. Salvation is what he's begun in us. And let me tell you, because he's so loving and he's so kind, God is going to continue the work and the walk of salvation in our life. God doesn't want your salvation to grow stale. God doesn't want you to put your salvation up on a shelf and say, you know what, I'll get that later when this is all over. I know that for some of us, we've put our faith on the shelf. For some of us, we've hit the pause button. And you said, "Well, no, I'll I'll work out my faith when 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 we get back together, or I'll, I'll work out my faith on the next online Sunday service church at home." I said it right, yes. All right, I'll work out my salvation when that happens. But I love what the Apostle Paul is doing. He's writing to the Philippian church, and he's saying to them, "You know, I know that I'm in jail right now, and I'm absent from you, but God still—I'm confident of this—that God is still going to work out." your salvation he's going to work uh, what he started and finish what he started in your life church can I just challenge you right now to allow God to continue what he started inside of you oh I love that let God continue to to finish the work of salvation or continue the work of salvation in your life you know what's amazing about The idea of salvation. Watch, let me read it again. Verse 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, watch this, will carry it into completion. Who's the one doing the work? Who's the one carrying it into completion? Is it you? No, it's God. Isn't that the incredible thing? Because you're probably saying, Pastor, how do I do this? How do I work out my salvation? How do I change? Let me tell you, it is God who performs the change inside of you. His name is the Holy Spirit. And when we become a believer and we accept him and we invite him into our life and we say, God, here you go. Here are the keys to my heart. Here are the keys to my life. I hand this over to you because, God, I've tried to run my life and I'm running it a ground I'm running it astray and you are the only one who know who are who uh, know who created life and understands true life and understands me I'm handing over you the keys of my life for you to move and operate so it's him God the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to perform the transformation in your life see that's where we go wrong as believers we think we are the performers of the change let me tell you something right now. God, deep down inside your heart, you know you believe in God, you trust in God, and you feel his, you feel his presence in your life. And that's because that's the transformi- transformation power of Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit, in your life. And you know how that change, what we need to do in these times is allow, is exercise that transformation. In other words, it's God, I want you to come in my life. In other words, it's God, I receive you. God come into my marriage. God come into, to my, God, come into my life. God, come into the workplace, help me deal with the change. God help me deal with COVID-19, and as you invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to see continual transformation, and what God wants to do it doesn't mean that God, only God is doing uh, the work, if you will, all right? It, means, it doesn't mean that we just sit on our hands. All right. It means that we go upon the impression and the leading of Christ. He impresses upon us. He, uh, uh, he performs the transformation in us and inspires us to want to, put, to change, to exercise what he's put inside of us. In other words, what God has worked in us, we must work out. Does that make sense? What God has, and the Holy Spirit is working inside of us, we must work out. But we cannot do it alone because we will fail. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. And and, and that's what God wants to do in your life. God is not done with you yet. So Paul precisely means salvation. Let me tell you something, church, right now where you're at, where you're watching from, God loves you so much that he saved your soul. God loves you so much that he placed and deposited his Holy Spirit inside of you, gave you a new nature that you would leave the old life behind and sin behind, all right? So that you don't have to walk in the old ways and the former ways. But he had done all of this in you because he began a great work inside of you. And he began this great work in you to not put it on a shelf. To not, to not to just leave it there during the rest of the week. He wants you to, to, to exercise what he's worked inside of you every single day of the week. How do you do that? How do you, how do you, how do you excel at these things? You you don't have to be at church to make a difference. You don't have to put on church clothes to make a difference. You You can knock on your neighbor's door with a mask and maybe some gloves and ask your neighbor how they're doing. Maybe if you can pray for them. Maybe when you're standing in line at Costco or Albertsons, or Ralph's, or wherever it is, maybe you can not give in to the vibe of everybody else who may be negative or not. Maybe when you're standing in the line at the grocery store, that means, hey, I just want to say God loves you. Hey, can I pray for you? Or, or just giving someone a smile. Maybe at the workplace, it's not also giving off the negative vibe like everyone else or matching their attitude, but rising above that and sharing positive thoughts and, and praying for them and loving them. That's what being the church of Jesus Christ is all about. And even though we cannot meet on a Sunday, one day of the week, God can still use us to powerfully through other, all the other days of the week. In Jesus' name. So I love that this, this situation and circumstance that Paul's in. It can seem like a fruitless season. It can seem like, you know what, God, uh, and I know what I would say. If I was him, I'd be, well, God, I'm in jail. What can I do with my ministry now? Literally, my hands are in shackles. I can't do anything. But I, I would argue this is the most fruitful season in the Apostle Paul's life. Why do I say that? Because if, uh, and historically speaking, Paul wrote, we call these the, the prison epistles. What are the prison Epistles. The prison epistles are the books of Philippians, Colossians, Eph- uh, Ephesians and Philemon. And 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 in history uh, we would know that Paul wouldn't know then But in the fifth century, the early church fathers would compile these letters and put them in, and canonize them and put them in the Bible. And the Bible is the most influential book of the entire world. The Bible has literally shaped nations, touched leaders and prime ministers and presidents, and shaped societies and built cultures. And little did Paul know that while he was in confinement and in quarantine, that his letters would impact the whole entire globe. That's why I tell you right now church that God is not done with you no matter what you're going through and even though this seems like a fruitless season even though it's it is a season of confinement and limitations if you allow God he will completely transform your life even right now where you're at this is a powerful season in your life and how does that how how can God uh, complete the change or work powerfully in your life this is how in fact I'll share a story with you I remember on Saturday uh, I wasn't preparing the message because my wife was getting geared to, to preach, but my in laws had bought me this amazing bookcase. And I'll be honest with you, I was in a funk, I was in a moment, I was kind of upset with God. Like, God, how can we take this news? How long are we going to stay confined? And God, I just want to see my family, and I want to have a family barbecue. And I want to see my church and invite them over to my home for a barbecue. If my wife allows me, I'm inviting you to a barbecue, okay, in Jesus' name, all right? Anyway, so I was by, uh, building these bookshelves, and I was, just, I was just in a funk with God. I remember I didn't even talk to him for for like the whole day, actually, um, because I was just upset. And I remember as I had some worship music on and I was screwing in the shelves and I was cleaning the bookshelves and putting it together. As I was building it, I, I heard this faint voice within my heart tell me, Michael, just like I'm building, just like you're building those bookshelves, I'm still building you. And Michael, just because you can't see it, I want you to know that I'm still building my church. And Michael, I want you to understand that church is not defined by Sunday. Church is not defined by just an audience. I do my best work sometimes when it doesn't make sense to everyone else. And I want you to know, church, that God is still moving powerfully in your lives, and he's with you wherever you're at in your life. And I want to just share with you, God is not done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. If you're single, God is not done with you. If you're married, God is not done with you. If you're sick, God is not done with you if you're struggling God is not done with you if you're have you been divorced God is not done with you if you're going through bankruptcy God is not done with you if you're broke God is not done with you if you're stressed out anxious and depressed God is not done with you and if you have breath in your lungs God is absolutely not done with you and God loves you so much and just like Paul says in confinement in jail in in, in Rome, he said, I know that God is not done with me. Philippian church, that's why I'm going to write to you, the Ephesians, to the Philippians. I'm going to write to Philemon. I'm going to write to Colossae because I know God's not done for, with me and God is still going to produce fruit through me in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, church, you have something so powerful on the inside of you, so powerful, more powerful than a nuclear bomb, more powerful than any leader, more powerful than any president. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, this same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you and can do wonderful things, miracles in the name of Jesus. So I just want to just encourage you and refresh you that no matter where you're at or where you're watching from, don't leave your salvation up on a shelf. Don't put it in a closet. Don't put your salvation or don't wait for a Sunday. Continue to work out what God has worked in you and live a fruitful life and remember church church, that you cannot uh, work out with, with, without the uh, the factor of the Holy Spirit in your life because he's the one who works in you and inspires you and breathes the breath of life in you to move, to will, or to will and to act upon his leading and his, his impressions. So I just want to encourage you, church, God is not done with you. Go ahead and say it one more time or write it down in the comments. God is not done. I'm speaking to someone right now. You're struggling, and maybe you're struggling with sin. Maybe you're struggling with the past. And you're saying, God, you're saying, God, how can you use someone like me? God, I'm not good enough. God, I'm not worthy enough. You know, let me tell you, church, right now, where you're watching from, you will give up on you before God gives up on you. Come on, let me tell that, let me say that again to somebody else. Your family may give up on you, the world may give up on you. You may give up on you. But let me talk talk to someone this morning. God will not give up on you. You will quit on you before God quits on you. So I'm here to tell you this morning, God is not done with your life. uh, Pick yourself back up by the bootstraps or let God do that and continue moving forward. And know that God doesn't work just on Sundays. Come on, somebody. God works every other single day of the week. And just like Paul, uh, God had used his life to transform the world. God can use you to transform your family, to transform a friend, to transform a neighborhood, to transform uh, your workplace and their environment. So I want to read the scripture again. He who began a good work in you will carry it into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God, what he starts, he he finishes in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking to someone right now, you're struggling. Right now, even though through the struggles, even through the depression, even through the sin, I want to let you know God has not given up on you. So you say, Pastor, what must I do because I'm tired of myself? Or you say, Pastor, I'm just, I'm just angry at the circumstances. I don't have my job. And they're saying three more months, we can't get out of the house. What must I do then for God to tr- work in my life? Watch this. This is what I do every day. Instead of, instead of you try to perform the work, let God work in you and exercise what he works in you. Work out what he works in. This is what I would encourage you to do. Say, do this, and I do this all the time. I say, God. And I don't care who looks at me. I lift lift up my hands in my home privately. And I say, God, I invite you. I invite you, Lord, into my circumstances. Lord, I invite you into my marriage. Lord, I invite you into my parenting. Lord, I invite you into my work environment. My work environment is hostile, God. My work environment, they may be all unbelievers. But God, I'm inviting you to work in me so I can work out what you place inside of me. God, I I yield my life to you. God, I surrender uh, my problems to you. And I promise you, because God will never give up on you. He's going to come alongside you. And he's the Bible says he's a counselor and a helper. And what he's going to do is going to give you good wisdom. He's going to give you good counsel. And you're going to have such a rich peace like never before. Why? Because you're not doing this on your own. Because God is doing this with you and through you in the name of Jesus. Well, church, I hope that you enjoyed the message today. And I hope that it inspired you to know that God is not finished with you yet. God has saved your soul, deposited the Holy Spirit in you, and, and, and wants you to know that you are worthwhile and he's leading you and he's guiding you. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.